I will say I have a hot take about this movie yeah. and this musical in general. I think personally the story that it's telling, the story of the movie is kind of better than the actual music. Like the message of the movie is better than the actual musical in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I'm, however, very obsessed with two of the songs in the <laughs> right. musical. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your stepsister's school production of Hairspray Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, that's right. And we'd love for you guys to share the show with all of your theater-loving friends, neighbors, dog walkers, baristas, really everyone. Yeah, absolutely. You can also leave us a star rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from all you theater nerds. To find out more about the theater nerd cult, Check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. In today's episode, we are ranking all this past year's 2021 movie musicals. All right, Rachel, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here discussing movie musicals, 2021 movie musicals with you. Uh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, we are releasing this episode in anticipation for the 94th Academy Awards, which are airing on this Sunday, March 27th. That's right. But seriously, the Oscars and the Tony Awards are my Super Bowl. Absolutely. We've had some amazing movie musicals released in 2021, some of which are nominated for Academy Awards this year. And we thought we'd watch, review, and rank them for all you theater nerds out there. That's right. It really seems like 2021 was a huge year for movie musicals. So we are talking about some incredible pieces of art here. Just so you all know, this is our official Theater Nerds ranking, and what we feel are the top 10 best movie musicals of 2021. Not necessarily Rachel and I, how Rachel and I feel individually. Yeah, that's right. We brought our list together, and we made one Theater Nerds super list. One giant super list! (laughs) Now tell me... I know it was really hard. We but we had a difficult time. Uh, now tell me, Rachel, what in your mind makes a great movie musical? Hmm, this is a really good question. Um, Thank you. And I think that it's really I don't really know to be honest. Uh, for me, a big factor is how many times I cry in a movie musical. <laughs> I'm moved. 
amazing. Beyond that, I think it's about uh, being able to experience the whole of, you know, the emotional range that you might be able to experience on the stage or in an audience while actually having more of a two-dimensional kind of experience. So I think it's, I think it's really hard being able to take you out of thinking, oh, this is just a movie into, oh, this is a musical right? Um, or not making you think too hard about why people are singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for sure. I think for me, there's like a couple things I think I think about like accessibility a little bit like a bunch of more people can see a movie musical rather than like a stage production. Um, So I think it, it can allow people to see pieces of musical, you know, performing art that they would not maybe be able to see before. And also I think about transferring, you know, traditional musicals have two acts and when you look at a movie they're actually separated into three act structures so it's very often difficult to transfer a musical into the movie form um so i think looking at movie musicals like when you transfer the musical to a movie like changing it but also keeping it the like the heart the same and uh you know we'll talk about that some in the ranking we have now because a lot of course a lot of them that we're going to talk about were stage shows before they were movies um so i think it's always always a difficult task because you're gonna have people that are fans of the original if it is based on something that just have made up their mind that they're not gonna like it or they or but then you'll also have people that will come in with try and come in with an open mind because it may change so i think it's sometimes it's an unenviable task um to make something that's based off of an original performing show but um I don't know. I always enjoy, I always have fun with them. Just to give you guys some facts out there, uh, in its 94 years, this is the 94th Academy Awards this year, there have only ever been 46 movie musicals nominated for Best Picture, and only 10 of them have actually won the top prize. Technically, 11, if we count La La Land for the about like three minutes until Moonlight actually won the prize in 2017. But, you know, we don't really count that. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't officially count that. So, yeah. <laughs> but for today's uh, discussion, we're going to quickly speed through our rankings 10 through 6 um, and then go in depth for 5 to 1 so we can spend a little bit more time on the movies we enjoyed overall. That's right. And we are going to mention uh, MVP of the movie, most valuable player, person, I don't know, of the film. Thing is, you know, you'll see maybe, ooh, ooh, T, uh, and our favorite moment in the movie overall. Let's dive in with our number 10. All right, Rachel, our number 10. You know, we didn't say a list right off the bat of what movies we're doing which I think is totally fine because we can just start with our list right away and I think people you know they'll get it you know you guys will get it you guys are smart you guys know what movie musicals came out last year it's fine um something crucial out you can this is a good time for you to comment yeah comment you know have a dialogue with us so our number 10 is Vivo which is Directed by Kirk D'Amico. Uh, it is, a, of course, an animated film, uh, if you guys didn't know. Uh, music and lyrics by who you guys will see a presence 
from this person on the show today music and lyrics by Lynn manuel miranda lmm uh for short you know my close personal friend um <laughs> this movie okay when we when rachel and i came together i was like viva was my least favorite out of all of them <laughs> and we have some thoughts of course we're gonna quickly kind of say our thoughts over 10 through 6 but um tell me your thoughts about you know your quick shout outs about vivo yeah um, I liked Vivo probably more than Taylor for a few reasons, but the number one that comes to mind is like, it was kind of fun. Um, it reminded me of Up uh, in some way of this like relationship between an older person and like a young person, although this is a, what did we call it? A, a, a kinkachu? Kinkachu, I believe it's called. Is the animal yeah. that, that also Lin-Manuel Miranda voices and sings. Yeah. And sing, yeah. which I didn't mind that. I liked that a lot, yeah. actually. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked that there was um, Cuban, you know, uh, representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah, that's right. They're from Cuba. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and that there was just like a lot of architecture that you get to see and other things. So I, I did like that piece. I am a sucker for uh, an animated movie that makes me not think it's a musical that like they're just singing because sometimes I feel animation should do that but Taylor made a really good point and it took me a while like maybe the first 15 minutes or more I did not understand that the person the kinkachu who's voiced by Lynn was not able to be understood by the rest of the actual right. humans in right. in the show yeah because um, he sings and you're like oh my gosh this is great and then you're like what and there's death in the first like five minutes like a good almost right. Disney movie so right. that feels typical but I yeah. I mean I did like it I mean overall I would if I had kids I'd watch it with my kids yeah mm, yeah I just yeah we were talking beforehand and I just feel like they should have made Lynn's character the kinkachu like either like the girl should have understood that he was talking or maybe like, i don't know it just like didn't the world didn't make sense to me i was like okay he's singing but also they can't understand him i i, don't, I guess they understand when he sings i don't know um and then also i just didn't care like the character you're referencing who did pass away like i just personally i was like okay i don't know this person really well so i just didn't and it's I I am I'm I'm harsh so I just didn't care I don't know maybe that I mean listen up did a great job in the first ten minutes of making me care and maybe <laughs> yeah true. I mean I think the one thing and then we can move on to nine probably yeah. um, is that yeah Taylor and I both agreed there wasn't any song where I was like I must sing this right. now let's yeah. put it on my car belt rotation mm-hmm. playlist so. I Although I will, I will say my MVP of the movie are uh, Dan Carno and Valentina, who are voiced uh, the two. I want to make sure I get this right. Spoonbills, the star-crossed ro- the lovers, the the little like kind of flamingo-looking birds, I guess, is what yeah. they kind of looked like to me. They're voiced by Brian Tyree Henry and Nicole Byer from, you know, like Nailed It or whatever. They're so hilarious to me. Their MVP is Nicole Byer. Oh yeah, Nicole Byer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I just loved their energy and they like brought up. But again, like there kept being so many like side points to the movie that I was like, okay, does this really matter? I don't know. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like kids shows where I'm like, I think 
think maybe if I was a kid, I would have this attention span and things would make more sense to me yeah. as an adult watching this. It wasn't made for me is how I felt, which is fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Is that your MVP is Nicole Byer? Yeah, it was Nicole Byer. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, our number nine, you know, is a, is a crazy I, listen i when when we were very different when we were starting this i was like listen rachel this movie is you know part of my french bad shit crazy it is legitimately crazy so tell tell everyone out there what this number nine is yeah so number nine is annette that's what we have as number nine which mm-hmm. is directed by leos carox i think so i think that's how you say leos, it leos probably carox mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. it's probably french so once again, I'm really sorry. You know. And the music and lyrics are by Ron Mayle and Russell Mayle of Sparks, which of the Sparks. Yeah. So I think that that's an important part. Um, yeah. And you can stream this on Amazon Prime Video. Yes. While we're there, also Vivo, you can stream on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And this show, I don't know if we should give away the plot because I. Part of me is like, I know we ranked it as number nine, but I feel people should watch it just to understand. Also, Adam yeah. Driver for all of my yeah. friends out yeah. there, Adam Driver. Okay. Adam okay. Driver is definitely like some of the best part of the movie. Yeah. But I don't spoil my MVP yet. But anyway, yeah. I really think I the movie is. How do I describe it? I mean, I would say it's about this couple and they're both like at rising points of their of their of their careers one is an opera singer one's a comedian and they're both and I think personally at least this is what I kind of took away is that the movie is about like fame and like about how to grapple with fame and then they also have a child in the movie and how like you know maybe one it's I almost kind of thought of it like La La Land a little bit like how one person is like grappling with the other person's fame and how it like how you look at how you're in relationship with someone who is famous it's like there's a lot of things it's saying but also it's saying it in a very strange way (laughs) yeah I feel very like it's maybe a movie I need to watch more than once or movies right. I need to watch more than once. It gives major run Lola run vibes of like, you will not understand what's happening until the third time you watch it. Right. Right. Um, I will say, cause then I, I'll say my MVP. Is that okay? Yeah, do my it. MVP is not a person necessarily or a thing per se. It is the first musical number mm. of the show. I, I actually think the whole show was worth it to watch that first number yeah it is very interesting but essentially is a spoof on movie uh, on musicals mm-hmm. and also sets up the entire plot it's a dream yeah. state in some ways they're all acting as a group narration mm. for what the plot of this movie is going to be and then they like, yeah. send you into it yeah and i don't know if i liked it but i didn't hate it and i found it very intriguing and clearly i was still thinking about it yeah. So and the and the lyrics for that song, in my opinion, were some of the most creative, um, and and well done. So that's my MVP. My MVP of the movie. I'm just gonna quickly shout it out. Is puppeting. That's my MVP of the movie. Fair. Yeah. And you guys, you know, once you watch it, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> All right, Taylor. What is our number eight? 
Our number eight, guys, is, you know, right now in contention for the Oscar fan favorite movie of the year. You know, go on Twitter and vote for that if, you know, if you want to. It's Cinderella, the, you know, however many thousandth retelling of this story of Cinderella, directed by Kay Cannon, also written by Kay Cannon, who people will know from the Pitch Perfect franchise. She helped write that as well. Music by many different artists. You guys, you know, if you haven't watched it already, so, you know, there's like a Ed Sheeran song in there. It is a jukebox musical. A jukebox musical is a musical where uh, there is not original music and, and lyrics. It's all stuff that uh, that is already written and they put it to a story. So, for example... There's like Jersey Boys, which is all about Frankie Valli, or um, Beautiful, the musical about Carol King. Those are both jukebox musicals as well. Um, you also can find Cinderella on Amazon Prime Video as well. So, so some other some other songs that are in there are like a cover of. Uh, so everything's kind of like a cover because right. not all of them are written. Let's Get Loud is in there. Um, right. Shining Star by Billy Porter is in there um somebody to love uh rhythm nation we also should say this is of course starring camila cabello who also does co-write two songs in the movie i believe and then adina menzel who also writes one song in the movie um which i found interesting that the like they had some songs that were covers but then they also had them write songs too Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I, I mean, I feel people hated on this movie, be, mu- musical, because they wanted, I don't, what do they want? Do they want the um, Whitney Houston version? Right, right. The the Brandy version? Yeah, yeah. the Brandy. Yeah, I just yeah. don't, I don't know. I was, I went in with extremely low expectations. Um, and for what it is, it was quite, it's actually quite fun. Um, although yeah. I told Taylor, uh, we should have just stopped with Ella Enchanted because how will you ever talk that, in my opinion? It's, I do it's, think it's, that when you, like, expectations are everything. So when you do go into something and you're like, I don't know how this is going to be, that's the thing. That's why we kind of put it above some of the, the other two that we did is because it's still, like, it's really fun. I had fun after I finished it. Like, it was really fun. And I enjoyed, you know, peeping my MVP. I enjoyed Adina Menzel's performance a lot. I think she kind of, you know, her scenes with Camila Cabello are extremely well done it's like there's some stuff in the end that you know i don't want to spoil but that she does she plays incredibly well and of course obviously we know her voice is amazing so yeah 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 i think that expectations are everything and we'll talk about that when it comes to maybe our top few yeah um, yeah i i didn't know what my mvp was for this uh mm-hmm. to be honest um i wanted to give it to billy porter but i he was in it for 2.2 seconds of him so i'm gonna go with the camera angles Ooh, good one because i feel it was while i was watching it was a little bit different yeah um so i also had i had two it's a little different then it is a little bit different it's not your typical cinderella movie um cinderella story Ooh, p pillory duff um Yep. Uh, but I also had two more that I wanted to shout out. The the Adina Menzel song "Dream Girl" is so I actually really loved that song. Uh, and then also the costumes. The costumes were really great. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. I was thinking about that as yeah. well. The costumes yeah. are so good. I was 
thinking about if if all of these were competing for the Tony Awards, which isn't possible, but who who would be nominated for costumes? Right. This right. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely is one. Speaking of costumes, should we talk about number seven? Oh my gosh, yes. Great segue. Go, go, go to number seven. So number seven is a, a musical that I believe is still currently playing on the West End. I believe um, But that. it's the movie musical Everybody is Talking About Jamie, directed mm. by Jonathan Butterall, um, music by Daniel Giles Gillespie Sells, and lyrics by Tom McRae. Mm. Um, and that's also on Amazon Prime. Amazon, Daddy Bezos, like getting a shout out here. Um, but we're not endorsing Amazon, but we are telling you where you can find you know. your movie musical. Okay. Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But I, I will say, I had been talking about, everyone's talking about Jamie for a while. I was trying to convince my parents that I should go to the UK to see it because it was not yet coming to right. the US and still doesn't necessarily maybe it does now but it for a long time there was no talks about it transferring to Broadway and I was like I don't understand right. um I so I had known I had really high expectations because I had listened to the cast original cast album multiple multiple mm-hmm. times before mm-hmm. seeing the show um or movie um but I'm really this is one of those moments when I I personally um am thankful for a movie musical I think originally, as a quick aside, originally I was not a huge fan of movie musicals. Like in mm. general, the idea of adapting musicals into a movie instead of just a pro shot of them really somehow doesn't sit well with my theater loving self. But right. I think that when I actually step back and take a moment that it's so much more accessible when it's a right. movie. And even if you lose something, you don't lose the entire thing. And like, obviously I watched Shakespeare probably for the first time in a movie mm-hmm. version, right? Like, yeah. and like the idea of accessibility, it doesn't take away from ticket sales at the door of the actual theater. It probably advances them because we're yeah. allowing people to understand that theater can be accessible through all platforms. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I've really come around and this is one of those moments, especially where I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, this uh, movie musical is about a boy named Jamie, who is a drag queen who wants mm. to be a drag queen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he lives in the UK and just like his relationship with mm. his not really great dad and his mom and his one of his really good classmates um, and just being becoming who he is. Mm. Love that character of the of his his friend. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will say I have a hot take about this movie yeah. and this musical in general. I think personally, the story that it's telling, the story of the movie is kind of better than the actual music. Like the message of the movie is better than the actual musical, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I hear you. I, yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I'm, however, very obsessed with two of the songs. In the <laughs> right. Musical. But I, I really liked this as a movie. I thought it was cute. It's like yeah. something I would watch with friends on a sleepover or something. It just yeah. it was pretty empowering. Reminds me a little bit of like Kinky Boots empowerment. Mm-hmm. And the MVP for me, besides the, the actor who plays Jamie, who 100% is an MVP, um, right. actually won yeah okay he was uh, nominated at least for breakthrough performance in the british independent film awards which is yeah. in my mind yeah and the film is is nominated for outstanding british film at the bafta awards as well yeah. this year so um Young british, yeah 
performer of the year he was yeah nominated for the london film critics circle award so i he just i mean honestly he max hardwood you should follow him on instagram but also he just was so good Mm. but speaking of costuming from our last time that truly that for me this musical costume yeah I uh, would say my favorite song is every is the title song. Everybody's talking about Jamie. I think that's the best song in the in the piece. Um, my MVP is the uh, character of Hugo Battersby and Loco Chanel. It's Richard E. Grant. I mean, he is so good in this movie, yeah. and he's such he's a really seasoned act. People know him from from being in Can You Ever Forgive Me, where he was Oscar-nominated, but he also was in Loki this season yeah. for a little cameo. And he he's just such an eclectic and like actor, and he does so many different things, and it was really cool to see him in this. So I, I loved that character. He did such a good job. That's my MVP. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Completely switching roles. I um, think it's my turn, right? Yeah. Number six. number six. So we were talking about pro shots a little bit earlier with Rachel, and um, our next one is a pro shot of a really, really uh, incredible, fun, and uh, just really heartwarming musical called Come From Away, uh, directed by Christopher Ashley, who also directed the original Broadway production. He was Tony, I believe he won a Tony Award for his direction of the musical, uh, the music and lyrics are by Irene Sankoff and David Hine. Uh, it is currently streaming on Apple TV Plus as well. So tell me your thoughts on Come From Away. Um, well, I've had the uh, fortune of being able to see the show in New York with my parents. Um, so that was great. But mm. I didn't lose any of that by this pro shot. This is why yeah. I love pro shots. Once again, not going right. to put them over musical movies, maybe. But mm-hmm. I just love it because you don't really lose anything. I mean, you yeah. lose the camaraderie of the people in the seats and the interaction in terms of that, you know, stage to audience interaction. Yeah. But like everything is. Oh, it's just so great. It's so great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this musical. It also is sad. It goes higher up on my cry list. Maybe <laughs> I would rank them on how mm-hmm. often I cried. Um, but yeah, I just really, I really like it. And um, it has funny parts. It's obviously sad. It's related to 9-11. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. It's an, it's an incredible story of, and I'm also, you know, as you know, my dad is Canadian. So it's like really cool to have that kind of personal tie. It's about this town in Canada who take in a bunch of people that were, you know, had to um, reroute from their plane route during 9-11, during the terrorist attacks during 9-11. And it's, it, which also doesn't sound like something like um, it would be a musical should be about exactly but it's just so uh really well done it's well written Um, i just love the narrative form that the numbers take yeah like it is not you're not waiting for that power ballad moment like you know what i mean like even though there's one there is one but like all of the characters and all the singing is specifically about the narrative of the show Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. which I, I really love and it's just so human and not to mention mm. it's such a like ensemble like show. Everyone Very ensemble. Almost the yeah. entire time and they yeah. all, you know, 
they all, you know, turn around and put on a specific hat to be a specific character. And I just yeah. really, I really love that. Well, that's so kind of my MVP is that oh, like good. the ensemble and the staging, like that's my MVP yeah. is that it's incredibly well staged. And I, I love that the director of the musical, um, even same with Hamilton, the director of Hamilton did that pro shot, the director of this, of the Broadway run did the pro shot for this. I think it's like, they know what, you know, is what we want to see, but also what is good to see. Like, I don't think I lost anything by watching this production, which I, this pro shot, which I think is, you know, there are some pro shots that are not like that. So. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my MVP is Jen. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jen Kalala. Me in the sky. I just love her. She can do no wrong. Yeah. Amazing. That haircut. Uh, All right. Well, let's deep dive into our five through one. Rachel, listen, our our number five is kind of controversial and, you know, we both have a lot of thoughts about it. So go ahead. Yeah. Our number five is Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Directed by Stephen Chabotsky and obviously music and lyrics by Pasek and Paul and uh, Amanda Steinberg. Yep. She wrote that song. Yes. The new song that Alana gets to sing. Yeah. Great anonymous one. So yes. um, anyway, you you can buy this show uh, on VOD on buy. video on demand. Yep, rent or buy. So um, you can do that. I think I can do that through Amazon also, but you can do it anywhere. So anyway, both of us have talked about how we've been able to see the move. I mean, the movie version. Well, we have seen the movie version. We have the seen stage, the movie. The stage version and um, spoilers that this the week that we're recording this. The week prior, I won a ticket to see the local um, Broadway touring company. Amazing. Of it. Um, so I, it's a little bit fresh of mind, if you mm. will. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor, let's let's talk about why this is number five, um, what our thoughts were, and yeah, anything else we want to share. Well, I think I can kind of speak for both of us because I know that we both think that Dear Evan Hansen as a stage show works a little bit better than the movie but i will say for me personally um it's i think if you allow the story to kind of just like take it take you on the ride i think it it really like you get satisfied by the end um you know as much as people said how ben platt maybe looks too old or um you know sounds too i don't know sounds too old who knows but Uh, you know, or maybe that this, you know, character is problematic or the story is problematic in the sense that he's lying to a lot of people. You know, we're not going to get too in-depth in the story, but I will say, in my opinion, I don't think the show in general and the movie is arguing that he's not problematic. I think they know, like, they, they all know that like by the end like he's not that great of a person and I think Ben even has said in interviews that I've seen that he's not a likable character but I don't know I think there are things that people like kind of um, think about when they get like they're like oh I but because of his performance he he's supposed to be kind of sympathetic 
but um i don't know i think there are little things in there but i will say there are little moments in this movie like i love the sequence of sincerely me i think it's incredible and i think um there are new moments that are added to it with uh, for instance like connor's character that i really loved um but i think overall the reason why it's higher up on our list than other in my opinion is that like it's it's i think the journey of the story is just it's very well done and I think the acting in it is well done. I think, you know, even like Amy Adams does such a great job with that character that she gets to do a little bit more in this, I feel like, even than the stage version. So anyway, that's just my my thoughts. What what do you have on, on DEH? Yeah, I mean, I first want to address the elephant in the room that is Ben Platt's hair. Right. Like, I truly, I was putting off, I mean, I was going to go see this movie with friends in the movie theater. And then we all kind of decided because we weren't sure and we didn't want it to be bad and we didn't right. want to ruin it, right? And then Taylor and I decided we we're going to do this podcast related to movie musicals and I was forced to watch it, which is good, <laughs> good for me. But I'm sorry, it's all my fault. <laughs> no, no, it was great. I mean, I really liked it. In a mm. world where there aren't the ones above us, this would be pretty high on my list, to be honest. Right. Right. Because uh, I love the, I, the integrity of the narrative itself is intact and I love the narrative. Itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we can have a moment there. But all I heard and all the memes on my Twitter for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks was Ben Platt with this ridiculous hair. And it's a yeah. horrible shot. And that one shot where he's also like screaming in the woods. Right. That last song where uh, words fail. And he's just, you know. I mean, you know the look it up, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's just it's a lot. Okay, but after 10 minutes of watching the show, you stop looking at his hair. Like you just forget and you're like, this is the character. I mean, yeah, it's jarring that first that first song, also that Mm -hmm. he sings because any anyone have a map is not anybody have a map is not in the show. So in the movie. But you know, he he first sings that song and you're kind of like, in the car ride and you're wondering really how yeah. you're gonna be and then you yeah. get over it everyone you get over it i would yeah. say the other thing where people are like ben is too old to play this character <laughs> okay i understand what you're saying but you should go back and watch some 80s movies musicals yeah. before you say anything but then the other thing is the pair the people he is matched with like his actual people he interacts with in the show that are supposed to be his age right. as well are also old in real life they're older right and none of them are high schoolers but i think the way it works is pretty pretty well because they're all in my opinion look the same age for the thing i'm not sure any of them are believable high schoolers right i wasn't thinking about it because they all don't look mismatched like it wasn't hard for me to see caitlin denver and ben platt singing Mm -hmm. to each other and I will say, like, yeah, well, even, like, Glee, like, everyone was, like, 34 in Glee, like, whatever. I just need people to calm down. Like, we understand the hair is atrocious. Okay, let's just get over it. And High School Musical, like, Monique Coleman was, like, 40 when she did that. Like, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, I I understand, like, we do have high schoolers who could play this role, and, like, maybe this is a whole separate conversation about casting, but if that's really the only problem you have with the show, like, that's on you. Get over it. lol but i mean i think i really love this show i would say if if there were some other aspects added to the show if we had someone different play um evan's mom 
if we so we could have good for you be sung if anybody has a map also i love that song um i didn't which is maybe also controversial i didn't love anonymous ones Mm -hmm. i like that she had more of a moment but i did not like the song Mm -hmm. um but the new song at the end where colton ryan whom i love sings um you know from a cliff when he's at a um a rehab facility that is great and i i just really i really love that although i think it redeems evan's character a little too much um because Mm -hmm. he works hard to make it better and i think in the show in the movie in the stage production he has no means to make it better it can't be better um which i know sounds really morbid but i think being able to sit in that space where things cannot actually get better that sometimes Mm. we don't get to see the size of people uh you know that of connor's character that we might want uh and that evan has to sit with what he did and there's no way to make it better Mm. is what makes the last song of the show on the stage you just walk out of there weeping right um because there's not that there is resolution the song the singing and the blue sky is telling you there's a resolution, but in the plot, there's actually none. Time yeah. Forward. yeah. And I find that so beautiful. And we kind of miss some of that. Yeah. It almost would have been better if the family had just like found that video rather than. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I would have felt better. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's. you want to add before we do MVP? Well, I, I do want to mention, of course, with the whole Ben Platt casting thing, <laughs> is now that you know we cannot talk about how there obviously is some nepotism going on because Ben Platt's father produced this movie but I will say that Ben Platt originated this role he played it for four years on you know on you know before Broadway and then on Broadway kind of total maybe three years or something but they wrote this role for him. Now, do I think they could have done this movie 20 years from now and then it just was someone, like, obviously he would have aged out of it? Yeah, but, like, why not do it with Ben Platt when he still basically can? Good point. Yeah. I want to say, I just, I want to jump in here. I find myself, um, okay, I was, both of us were lucky to see Ben do the right. show. Yeah, yeah. I find myself when I watch clips or recently when I went to the show, when it's not Ben, I am worried that that person, I know they can hit the notes, but I'm still somehow like. <laughs> yeah, nail biting. And you're like, I can tell I'm a little tense and I am not worried about Ben hitting those right. notes, singing it. It's not coming down his face or not. And I think that is, something I mean that has to be a credit to who he is as a as an Mm. artist and yeah I hear the nepotism I understand Mm. like we can decide later on but I do think he is actually really great at this role yeah um yeah yeah I do want to say just for me too as far as um MVP of the movie like if I were to pick an MVP of the show when I saw it it would have been Ben, but my MVP, which I just think it's interesting how it kind of works out this way. My MVP of the movie is Colton Ryan, 
and Caitlin Deaver. I think both of their performances are so great in this movie and just like provide something different for both of the characters and like refreshing. And so, yeah, those are both of my, those, those are my MVP. What about you? He is the high school class of the high school hallway that you can see. <laughs> yes. I cannot express to you how real that made so many of the scenes. I yeah. was like having my own post-traumatic stress moment. Yeah. Um, but no, I, my real MVP is Caitlin. Yeah. So I, good. I did not know what to expect from her besides that. I love her as a person, as an actress. She is incredible. She was, yeah. It yeah. was really great. And I liked the, mm. I liked what they did with her, uh, I will say no requiem moments uh, Mm. for driving the car. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Last thing about David Hansen, not that this truly matters, but on Rotten Tomatoes, the critic scores 29% and the audience scores 88%. So that, I mean, really, you know, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, (laughs) Let me me jump over to our number four, which uh, is, uh, you know, both of our, first movie experience back in the theater this year we both saw this together uh and it was in the heights in june and it was a wonderful experience we built we rented out a theater with friends and family and it was so much fun and and it was like summer and we were like yeah this is gonna be it was like high school musical 2 vibes like yeah we're gonna it really was yeah and featuring our parents also yes supporting role shout out to them you know the ones who birthed (laughs) us um <laughs> uh in the heights of course based on the stage musical written by uh lin-manuel miranda music and lyrics um it is the movie itself is directed by none other than john m chu who of course did we've we've talked about on the show before you know did crazy rich asians and you know step up to the streets anyone anyone uh and then <laughs> and then of course is going to be directing the wicked movie coming up yeah. so he's he's oh, such a great choice for both of these projects but man in the heights i, I i'm gonna start with the good the or maybe i'll start with the things i didn't necessarily love about it and then i'll end with my great you know how great it was i i would say of course it's in our top five but overall i loved this movie it's so you know overall i loved all of it i think it's hard you know we've talked about how when you compare the stage version versus the movie version like they're obviously i mean evan is pretty much like a one for one it's pretty much the same there are some songs taken away and some songs added but as as far as the overall plot it's pretty much the same now in the heights they did update some stuff which i actually found um like i found it bad i found like sonny's update uh, updating things i found incredible and i loved his storyline and i loved that they added the whole daca storyline i think it's really relevant and i think it it's important to talk about so i'm glad they did stuff like that but in my opinion as far as things that i didn't love like benny and nina's storyline gets so sidelined in this in this movie that i was like where is this like there's there's hardly any story with them uh and i think the story in the musical of benny being an african-american individual and nina being hispanic and her her dad not really accepting him 
in their family is such an interesting storyline and such a like way into this culture that we just didn't maybe we wouldn't have known obviously there would be this like you know bias before that I think is so fascinating I think they really could have played with that and I think it on such a grander scale than the than people seeing the the just the musical I mean obviously a lot of people saw the musical but like we were talking about the movies movies are so much more accessible so I think that I just love that storyline so much and I love Nina and Benny and I wish it was in there a little bit more but overall, I think this movie is so much fun. Abuela Claudia's point, you know, uh, moments in the movie are just so touching. And the musical numbers are insane. I mean, 96,000 is like incredible. Incredible. It's the, the filming of the movie is incredible. John M. Chu did such an incredible job filming this movie and the cinematography. I mean, that shot in the beginning of In the Heights, the title number of uh, uh, Usnavi looking out the window and then you see all the dancers in the window it's like it's insane it's like one of the coolest shots ever uh and of course they shot this before the pandemic and so you just get these big you know dance sequences of like you know i want to say over a hundred extras i'm sure um dancing so yeah i really loved this movie but there were also things that i was like "Mm, i think i was missing some things but overall i really really enjoyed it yeah i mean I really, I really liked it. It was so, it was so good. It really mm. was good. I yeah. Felt if you didn't know the mu- the musical version, you could walk away feeling like, wow, that was such a great movie. Yeah. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, and obviously the songs, they stand, they stand up, right? Um, one thing that I didn't mm. love, <laughs> which is just, something so funny I wasn't a huge fan of the way Vanessa was portrayed mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire movie and yeah some parts were better than others but specifically there is a scene when they are in the hair salon and she is singing as an aside and she is doing hair and she is not doing hair she's not <laughs> doing hair and yeah. I just was like someone missed this in the direction because everything else is like such attention to detail there are wigs that move during other parts of the song like yeah the fingernail paint like the nail painting that's happening and the song like two scenes previous in the salon are um, is amazing the detail of ninety six thousand, which is absolutely incredible and we get to see mm. beautiful people without in their bathing suits and potentially without shirts on it just was great <laughs> um, but also like right like all of these other extremely amazing attention to detail moments um and then that one was lost and i that was hard for me i love the way that they did the beginning and end um so i won't spoil that yeah to like the little kids who are definitely Mm. potentially a second mvp yeah and i i really like the celebration of culture that happens in this movie um, I know there was controversy about not having uh, black people and other people of color outside of, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. people who who would represent what you would think are from the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or Cuba, um, which are where a lot of the main characters are from in the plot of the movie. Right. Um, so I know that there's all that that. Lynn has addressed but I I felt like it was just such a great way to understand 
Um, and also once again, shout out to the food. Like we got to see authentic food, yeah. which we saw in vivo. Yeah. And we'll talk about also how we'll see that again um, in some of our other picks. But it just was like, I think the attention to detail of actually mm-hmm. bringing in the cultural relevancy yeah. that could be overlooked and is not even possible in a yeah. musical setting, like stage setting mm. was really, really beautiful. So yeah. I liked it. You could also tell that just like there was so much love and care taken yeah. in this movie and in the story and everyone like it seemed like everyone like truly like loved each other and cared for each other and that was really cool. Um, my MVP of this movie as much I do love Anthony Ramos and I love uh, of course Leslie Grace. Oh my gosh. Leslie Grace did such a great job in the movie. Um, but my my MVP is uh, Benny, is Corey Hawkins. Mm. He, I I did, you know, when I first saw this trailer, uh, peep on my movie tab on my Instagram, if you want to follow me, that's hey, Reed. Uh, I, you know, I posted this trailer when it first came out and Benny blew me away. Like, I didn't really know him. And the first notes of him being like, yeah, got no skills or whatever. I was like, dang, this guy can sing. And then he also can dance and act and do like, and he's a leading man, like everything. He can do everything. I don't know how he's not getting more work off of this. Like he's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I I agree. The cast was powerful and also not necessarily people we knew before. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Some of them we did. Which was refreshing. It was really oh, cool to that. see. I like, yeah, yeah, I liked yeah. that. I think that yeah. that's something to note. Tell me your MVP. Oh, my MVP, 100% is the 96,000. Yes. Absolutely. The pool sequence. Oh, amazing. You guys can find this on HBO Max. It is streaming right now. I believe HBO Max is only in the United States right now but you uh i'm sure can buy or rent this on video on demand in other countries as well uh let me go on to our number three which also does peep a little bit lin-manuel miranda and really is taking over the world right now i don't think it is never you know it's never going to stop taking over the world it's encanto uh directed by jared bush and byron howard who peep those guys they also did zootopia which is one of the best movies in the last 20 years don't come at me (laughs) zootopia is one of the best movies ever created um music and lyrics of everything by shakira that's my favorite song amazing amazing judy hops i can't iconic character whatever we can talk about zootopia for days um and kanto of course music and lyrics by lin-manuel miranda again he's gonna another shout out we'll maybe peep him later too uh this movie nominated currently for three academy awards this year for best animated feature best original score and best original original song for dos origitos uh origitas i think is how you say it hopefully i said that correctly of course people outrage i want to i want to just quickly mention this people outrage that you know we don't talk about bruno the song that is taking over the internet and the world uh is not nominated for best original song but for those that don't know the, not the best song in this. Well, it's not the best song, but for those that don't know, when Disney submits songs for the Academy Awards, um, they did that probably a month or two before the uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno craze happened. So I don't think a. I think we need a dramatic pause. But 
we don't talk about Bruno craze. Craze. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> craze. Insane. Yeah, insane. I mean, I think it's, well, I, I don't know. As of recording this, let me look. Is it still number one on the Billboard charts? I'm going to look. I'm going to look in the U.S. Okay, no, it's not number one, but it's number two. It's number two still. So anyway, when they submitted those uh, the songs for to be in consideration to be nominated, um, and Lynn has said this in interviews, and you guys, you know, maybe we'll put something in the show notes so you guys can see uh, what he said. You know, I'm just paraphrasing, but he said he, they wanted to submit something that represented the entire story, and Dos Origitas does that. Um, and I do think it's a beautiful song. I think it's it's incredibly um, well realized and well written. Um, but it's just funny how everyone's like, we don't talk about Bruno is, is the song. Why isn't this nominated? So uh, my favorite song is the first song. Oh, really? That's interesting. I just really like it. My I favorite is surface I'm, pressure. I'm, yeah. That's my I'm favorite. I'm biased towards like an open number. Okay. Interesting. interesting. I just really just found it very, it was nice. It was like, oh, God, thanks for setting the scene. It was very helpful. You guys, of course, can stream this on Disney Plus right now if you haven't already. Listen, if you're one of the people that have not watched Encanto, either you don't have kids or you live in a hole, but uh, it's just one of those two. Yeah, or you don't have Disney Plus, but who doesn't have Disney Plus? Who has Disney Plus? Okay, and then ask that friend and get together or share your login. MS, we'll give you a login for a day and then, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit you up. I love this story. I think it's in, it's so um, needed in this time. Uh, I, I think a story about a family is so incredible. And all, but what I love, truly love about this story is that it's about family that still make mistakes and they still love each other so much. And it's about, I I think it's about so many sophisticated things. I mean, you can look at like generational trauma or um, just how family dynamics or any, I think it's so, again, like you look at like Zootopia and this, like they're, they're such big concept ideas about like very adult things, but then they bring it down to like such a kid level for the kids to understand and talk about. I personally work in mental health and I have had kids say outright that Encanto has helped me like talk, like communicate about my feelings, like how I want to share with my family. And I'm like, that's just incredible. Like what more, as great as it is to get nominated for things and write incredible music and be the number one, you know, billboard hit, like what more would you want from a movie of kids, you know, like wanting to talk about like the things they're afraid of or things they're worried about, like surface pressure or whatever. It's just, it's incredible. I think it's so great. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of what strikes, I've only seen this movie twice, which maybe I'm inspired. I have also seen it twice. I'm inspired to go, which I've seen a few of the others a little bit more than twice. (laughs) Um, But I think what's so powerful, at least in my opinion about the movie is that it really, although not in explicit detail, talks about colonialism and talks about the terror yeah. of being 
chased out of your land yeah and then being in a space of you know asylum seeking essentially and finding a new place and mm. what that can do when you come through that right when you persevered they obviously have a house right him mm. they're a family but also what that means for the systems that are in place and the feelings and the people you're supposed to be when those things happen and i'm not a first generation you know, a, a person, um, right. but a lot of, a lot of people I interact with, or a lot of people I feel like are, and I don't know what the narrative is in a mainstream Disney, you know, musical version of that until now. Right. And I think it's, it is beautiful because that doesn't have to be your experience in order for you to get something from yep. this movie yeah. musical, which is what's beautiful about Disney, but it is no longer whitewashing the idea of a historical narrative of like loss and trauma it's not just your parents die right like these people are escaping and literally running from and the you know the dad the granddad dies right in place of them being able to find safety Mm. um and i think the other thing like once again i will say something i find really beautiful maybe because i'm hungry but is like the food that we get to Mm. see in this show even though it's animated like the it's set in Colombia, um, and just the food and the cultural aspects that Amazing. often are glazed over, yeah. or historically have been when it comes to musicals in general, and then also Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find like such a beautiful, yeah, like a beautiful movie overall, mm-hmm. and one that I think, at least in my mind, is working to be more inclusive, both within the people who voice it the way that they sing the songs, the way that they tell a narrative yeah, and also what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really cool to see Disney with, you know, Ryan, the last dragon and Encanto and, and, and yeah. movies, you know, even uh, with Pixar turning red, that's coming out um, on Disney plus soon. Like there's so many awesome ways to look at um, representation and the way it's, it includes different people groups and it's not just, you know, a white, male gaze right now it's it's different um you know it's told different. through the story of a girl yeah like and she's a her, like she, it's a lot of women yeah so i liked that and yeah the idea of women doing work and women doing work that's maybe not women work and like mm. love that and just also yeah. this idea of being free to be who you are in the space even when you have skills yeah is something like adults really need yeah. to learn let yeah. alone kids need to not worry about being perfect so mm-hmm. it's just it truly like I think in a world where we don't have these next two this would be top number one I agree I agree and and even like accepting that you have a place in your family regardless of whether you have special powers or not I think is like incredible it's like ugh, it's so amazing yeah, yeah. And, and again, when, even when you just look at the songwriting of, of Lynn's songwriting in, in this story, as much, you know, the songwriting is so sophisticated. I think even, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. There's a lot going on in that song. And but as, as great as that is, again, like I said, Surface Pressure is my favorite song. There's so much in that song that you can dissect and look at. And it's so sophisticated for just, I mean, again, not it's just a kid's movie in air quotes. Like it's so, so, so good. And I, I love that. Um, 
my MVP of the movie are the donkeys in surface pressure. They are my favorite thing in the entire movie. I mean, you know, I'm speaking hyperbole maybe, but they are so hilarious and funny i'm gonna link a video in the show notes that i found where it is literally just the donkeys in in surface pressure someone took the surface pressure and just showed you what the donkeys are doing and they're oh, it's so funny oh, i uh, love it so donkey much donkey crossover with sven win that's my question i don't know or shrek i don't know Ooh. <laughs> so many oh i just fell in love with those donkeys they made me smile so much Here's love the it best that's so i know they do those body rolls in the in the oh it's amazing yeah 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 so taylor's gonna audition when this goes to broadway when it goes to broadway donkey number the donkeys yeah (laughs) i'm doing my body you guys can't see it but i'm doing my body rolls don't worry he's doing it yeah yeah rachel we have one witness (laughs) um yeah, my MVP is the story of the house being magical. Like, I find that beautiful. Um, and and I just really loved how they did that. So, yeah. My, I mean, there's Love only it. MVP. But which yeah, I the I costumes, like was, the production yeah, design. everything. Every, yeah. The way that the, just yeah. the dance. Yeah. If we're going to obsess over we don't talk about Bruno, can everyone just, like, learn the dance part? <laughs> well also the care like each i feel like what's great about this movie is that each character could have their own movie that's what's also great yeah let's go disney plus right. come on Taylor, I, are you ready for our number two which maybe also is our number one but we yeah so peep for those out there two. rachel and i's number two and number one are kind of interchangeable so we're, we may talk about them kind of in the same way uh we both love 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 these movies and i'm sure you guys can already tell what they may be um but yes go ahead what is our number two slash one (laughs) so our number two uh is west side story directed by steven spielberg and obviously it's all good hold for snaps hold for snaps okay okay (laughs) okay i can't whistle (laughs) (laughs) amazing oh god please add that in there okay um directed by steven spielberg and it's the reimagining of the 1961 film that won um, many awards um many academy awards yeah the music is by leonard bernstein and lyrics by no one else but the amazing steven sondheim yes when he was 25 i don't know if anybody knows that but he was 25 years old when he wrote these lyrics which actually maybe it's a good thing that we're doing it in this order so we can reference steven sondheim later amazing um but yeah, this year it's nominated for seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress for Ariana DeBose, which if she doesn't win, I will cry tears. Um, <laughs> and you can, just in case I was going to cry, other things. Yeah, yeah. You can stream it on Disney Plus and HBO Max starting, I mean, we, it's not yeah, started, so currently, now. right now. Also, I do want to say that I'll probably cry even if she does win, so... I will cry if she wins, but I will cry angry tears if she doesn't win, and I will right. cry happy right. tears if she wins. Okay. You're right. Um, um, tell me, tell me what you. I mean, we both adored this movie. I have watched it twice. Um, I saw it once in the theater, and then I saw it, you know, on on HBO Max. 
um tell me what you loved like just talk to me about this this reimagining yeah so I saw it once in the theater with a friend um and then that wasn't enough and so I went back by myself and saw it literally in like I think it was a theater by myself there was one other person yeah which I so I could properly sob honestly because the Mm. first time I think I was just just the gentle tears that are constantly streaming and then the second time I saw I sobbed and then this past week when it got put on HBO Disney plus I um watched it again um so I've seen it three times which is maybe too many but that's also okay never enough yeah and I just loved this and I think Mm -hmm. expectations is everything to do with why I loved it so much right right but that's not why I continue to love it Um, But the first time I went in with really like semi-okay expectations, obviously it's Steven Spielberg. I obviously know the show itself um, and I like the plot. It's similar to Romeo and Juliet. Like I know all these things. I'm huge, huge, huge fan of um, Ariana and also uh, a huge fan of Rachel uh, Zegler, um, who Mm. is Maria. Maria. Gosh, I was going to say Anita, but that's (laughs) not right um yeah and but I was worried about Ansel um and Mm. I love Mike Feist but I also wasn't sure uh how much he was going to be doing in the in the show but I'm here for his cheekbones all the time (laughs) and his tattoos oh oh my gosh he's so cute so amazing but I just didn't know what to what to think and the entire first time watching it I was like how is this this good it cannot be this good yeah um and it, it it is Every part of the show is good. The actors who you didn't think were going to be good were good. The actors who were, who you already thought were going to be good were amazing. The dancing was out of control. Mm. The costuming yep. was insane. Ugh. The way that they shot the opening and the way they shot group scenes was so different and, and amazing. Mm. And what I find is interesting is like, it's really hard Um have a huge group dance number and you have so like hard 96,000 in, in the heights that is very different from the uh dance at, at the, the, the at the gym yeah the dance at the gym yeah. Yeah. for 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 West Side Story so I just yep. I loved it and I truly think the artist there is nothing no other word that comes to mind besides the artistry of this show yeah and it yeah. could have been so bad and it was done mm. so well, even while keeping in songs that honestly I didn't know if they were going to keep in. Mm. Um, like I feel pretty, which I know now. Now we are seeing that Stephen didn't want to leave it in there, but it just—it's just beautiful. It's so well done. A yeah. big risk on a new actress also is mm-hmm. yep. surprising to me. And I like, oh, what about yeah. you, Taylor? What? I mean, there's so much that you said that I totally agree with. I I I, I felt like head over heels in the first viewing but I think I like it even more even on the second viewing like it's so um I I've been seeing interviews with Steven Spielberg saying how timely the story is even more today maybe than it was when the 1961 film came out which is kind of crazy um but I think it's timely but also it's just so and I, I I don't think I can say this enough like so tragically beautiful like it's such a tragically beautiful story and I think that's portrayed in the filming of it too like it's almost like Steven was like I'm gonna make this whole like the shots tragically beautiful <laughs> like, everything about it is so beautiful 
Um, and, and obviously, like Steven Spielberg, probably the greatest living director right now. And I don't know, it's interesting, like you look at a story, you know, you look at West Side Story, the original is what it is. I mean, it was, you know, maybe good for the time. Um, but then it's almost, it's funny how we underestimate someone like Steven Spielberg because he's so, like, he is such an incredible, I mean, think about like the movies he's made, like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jurassic Park and Schindler's List and E.T. and Jaws. Even. I mean, it's just like incredible what movies he's done. And then this is just like a cherry on top of like an already incredible Sunday, in my opinion. Um, it so you wonder if he wasn't directing, if it would be this good. I personally do not think so. Also in interviews I've seen with him, he, there's so much passion and love for this story because he grew up with it. And I think, um, I don't think I, I think you can kind of tell that in the filming like you can tell he really loved this story um, and you can tell just the way the shots are set up the way the camera moves it's so it's just amazing it's breathtaking it really is breathtaking um, and the, uh, again like you said the choreography is insane there are moments where I'm just like what is even happening and then the the costuming Paul Taswell should get a shout out because yeah. his costumes in this movie are just insane and, and really cool and you can tell that you know something I noticed on the second viewing is that you know the jets are in kind of blues and very neutral tones and the sharks are in very bright colors like yellows and reds and and stuff like that and then by the end maria is wearing blue i don't know yeah. if you noticed that yeah. and i was like i didn't notice it on the first viewing but the second one i was like oh dang like this is amazing like so it's yeah it's so yeah. good and i i yeah. mean the way that the angle just everything that it it is just truly an art form itself, yes a living, a living art piece and i think that helps give some more dimension to the story mm-hmm. without extra narrative yeah right? like the the narration like the actual lines are really close to the original mm. and then the songs are basically the same yeah not the same yeah. yeah and to think about how we can take something that was maybe always not always that correct in 1961 and make it feel even more 3d without really adding lines mm. or adding scenes but instead the way that we shoot the scenes it just is amazing and you yeah. you get this depth also of that especially the beginning and end scene right with the police officer at the beginning, um, you just have this different kind of, at least for me, I did the first time where I really understand no one in this shot uh, is away from what is happening, where land is being gone, where we desire the idea of um, power through, through like territory, through, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being respected by society and both are like longing so hard for the same thing both group yeah in very different ways that actually that is what interrupts them um yeah it just it was truly it's truly so good um and yeah. I'll, I'll share my mvp and then i'll ask you yours and my mvp is g officer krupke yes first of all i really do like that song mm-hmm. but this was the first time i've seen it where i was like i'm obsessed with all of this <laughs> um and i yeah i just really i really liked that love um, it yeah 
Well, they also deserve Tony. That's their name, I believe. Mm-hmm. They deserve a shout out because before in the 1961 movie and often how it has been cast on the stage is that is a tomboy character. Right. And now this is a trans person. And I yeah. find that to be really powerful. And as we saw, some countries decided they weren't going to show it because yeah. of, of Tony being in it. And I, which is a whole different conversation about mm-hmm. how that's insane. Um, but I just really, I found it powerful in a way that like, I cannot believe we're still, like, I know this is set not now, but it's like, I cannot believe we're still in this time where like, we feel we need to other people while we're ourselves being othered by, you know, like, it's just like this comedy of errors is very Shakespearean. Um, right. And yeah. Anyway, it's just a great show. What is your, what is your MVP? My MVP, I have a couple MVPs of this really is Mike Feist. I mean, he is so good in this, in this film. And I, and we both, I I think you did as well, but I got to see him in Dear Evan Hansen and um, he was incredible in that, but it, this just kind of catapults him to like a different league. Like he's so good in this movie. Um, and also my my other one is Bernardo. I love David Alvarez mm. so much. And if people don't know the story of how he even got considered for this role, I mean, he played Billy Elliot in, I believe, the West or on Broadway. He played it on Broadway and then won it and won a Tony for the role. And yeah. then when he was, you know, 12, 10 or 12 or whatever. And then he did he said he like did a couple movies, but then left the business and then went into the army or the Marines or something and went into the military. And then he randomly the casting director like knew about who he was from Billy Elliot and then called him and he was like oh I'm not in the business and she was like you need to come audition for this and then he auditioned for it and got it like that's just insane to me it's insane it's insane um my other my last MVP and I want to make sure I get this correct is the cinematography um it's just incredible. The sh- like we said, the shots are incredible. Janusz uh, Kaminski is the cinematographer. He's worked with Steven Spielberg um, since Schindler's List, which was in the 90s. So he's done a lot of Spielberg stuff, but he's, oh, it's just so incredibly well shot. The lighting, even like the dance at the gym, and then they go behind the bleachers and the lighting behind the bleachers yeah. when they're behind is just okay. like, oh, it's incredible. So. Those are my MVPs of West Side Story. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted I wanted to shout out while we're while we're talking about Billy Elliot is that Tom Holland also. Billy Tom Elliot. Holland, Spider Man. Um, there we go. Yeah. You know my Billy picture. Great year. Revi- the revival. Old, uh, you know of Billy Elliot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Tom so- Holland, my pick for Bach in uh, the Wicked movie. So. Oh. You know. My gosh! Stop. So. If that was our number two, Taylor, what was our number one? Our number one is was my favorite movie of the year. Um, you guys can peep that also on my social media. <laughs> uh, it's Tick, Tick, Boom, you guys, uh, directed by none other than the really the king of this list. I mean, he's he's really taken over movie musicals of 2021, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda in his directorial debut, Music and Lyrics by none other than Jonathan Larson. Of course, it's nominated currently for two Academy Awards at this year's Oscars for Best Actor, of course, by Andrew Garfield 
and best editing, um, which is fascinating. You guys can watch this streaming currently on Netflix. Oh, I have a lot to say about this movie, but maybe I'll let you go first. Yeah, I don't, uh, what am I going to say about this movie? <laughs> I love this movie. I, uh, I love Jonathan Larson. So there's that. Mm. Um, I went through a phase in the pandemic where, I don't know, people were listening to the songs of a new world and all of a sudden we were listening to the Jonathan Larson project and like all of these things. So mm-hmm. I went through this huge phase if I didn't already have a phase with Jonathan Larson around rent, Mm. um, which I did, uh, I definitely had one at the beginning. Like I really, April, May, 2020. (laughs) So um, it was just beautiful to see this done. Like I did not know how. Um, It was beautiful to see Andrew Garfield in this space uh talk about an amazing human Mm. if you don't go on the rabbit hole of watching interviews for celebrities in in movies wow bless you but (laughs) you should Mm. for this this movie because he's just so wholesome he is honestly seems like such a nice guy amazing it just is so beautiful he's clearly very thankful and uh he just did an amazing job we can talk about him in a second it also was great to see Vanessa Hudgens not in a princess switch movie after mm, a while. So that yep. was... <laughs> um, but, and uh, we can't forget Joshua Henry, who was incredible. I was going to say other like theater shout outs like Joshua Henry and Ben Levy Ross and, yeah. no, um, and, and um, yeah. Robin DeJesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Robin DeJesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest part, which maybe you'll talk about Tay too, that was so beautiful about the way that they, the way that Lynn directed the show was it was actually really easy to follow when mm-hmm. the story the of the storyline, which I think could have been very difficult because yeah. we have that yeah. crossover between him telling his narrative now, but also going back in time. And then right. also, yeah. So, yeah. So I have this, I have this thing about movie musicals is that it's different when you're telling a story, a musical story on stage is because everyone already knows that you're coming to a musical, but when you're watching a movie, it's like, do the, I'm obsessed with this, like the world of the movie musical, like, do the people in the world know you're singing? Do other people not know you're singing this was my issue with like the prom like they just started singing and then other people like they didn't establish what the world was and it's interesting that our number one and our number 10 are both Lin-Manuel Miranda you know projects um, because Viva to me again like the world of the musical didn't really make sense I know it's animated so it's a little different you can kind of do whatever but what I loved about Tick, Tick, Boom is that the world made sense. He was presenting this. And again, the the whole conceit of the show is he's presenting this to the audience, but the way they did the flashbacks or, or, you know, of him presenting the show as a show, and then it became like a show within the show. And it's just so incredibly well done. And Lynn, like, and you, you know, I've heard him talk about in interviews of how he that's that was his way into the story of, you know, presenting it in movie form was that he would present, you know, him, you know, doing the, you know, show in front of people, but then also it would cut back to, you know, him telling the story. It just makes so much sense for this specific show. Um And it's just so well done. I mean, there's so much I can say. What I truly love about this movie is that it made me like realize how much 
and and a lot of other things do this too of how much like time we have on this earth and how like what we really should spend doing on this earth Jonathan Larson and you know from what I've heard in interviews and stuff there was a sense that he knew maybe he was gonna die young and so and this this musical kind of presents it in a way that maybe he did kind of have a sense that so of that so like what what was he going to do in this time how is he going to spend it on this world and obviously and you know i believe we don't really know when we're gonna die so i, I think it is interesting to look at a way like how how are you going to spend you know your days like what what are you going to do with the people you love how are you going to support others how are you going to love others how are you going to um you know do the things you love to do Jonathan Larson really spent time doing the things he loved to do and being with the people he loved and you could just feel that from the the screen you could feel it from the movie from Andrew Garfield's performance I mean the final song um you know angel I love the words say angels or wings which do you prefer ask the birds it's just incredible incredible writing um and yeah again you know Andrew Garfield if not the best performance, one of the best performances that I've seen in the past five, you know, 10 years. It's so, so, so incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think the other aspect of this show that, you know, people, well, I read a, a backing up a moment. I read a review after I watched this mm, movie yeah. the first time with friends um, in our local paper and the person just tore apart this movie Mm. and it was I think I shared it with you Kay it was yeah you did it was terrible he was like yeah he was like why does Jonathan feel like he he's so self-righteous and all this stuff mm -hmm. and like blah 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 I'm like well he knew that right like in the care as the character of Jonathan he wrote it and knew like this is it is self-absorbed that's the whole point anyway I just have right. many feelings about it's it. an autobiographical musical so yeah. it's not gonna not I was like you clearly did not read the self-important manual right okay right um but I think one of the things that surfaces and floats around obviously this is pre-rent um, but you see the the AIDS crisis, HIV and AIDS, like really yeah. be prominent, um, at towards especially towards the second half of the movie, and that relates to this idea of like time. What does time mean? How where do we spend it? And it's yeah very different than Rent. <laughs> yeah, um, because it's presented so differently, and like this is his life, and I can mm. imagine myself being all these people. Um, but I think we would be remiss if we don't leave a, a quick space for Stephen Sondheim in this show. I mean, Jonathan Larson many mm -hmm. times, not just in this in this musical, but in other things that he's written, talks about Stephen Sondheim. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a moment where he is describing how he had um, a what a showcase or a yeah. writing th yep. thing in front of him. In front of Stephen and um, found that actually his writing, you know, this for this musical that we're seeing, which is not Tick Tick Boom, um, was good, but it was missing something, you know, a, a song. Hmm. And then he invites, so that's like stuck in his head. And obviously, Stephen writing by the age of 25 on West Side Story is something that already happened when Jonathan hmm. is about to turn 30 and he like yeah. compares himself in that first song. So you see all this happening. Um, and then at the end, uh, Stephen is invited to 
the like actual showcase of the full run through of the show and comes um and leaves a voicemail um later at the very end of the show um which and the the performance so beautifully portrayed by bradley whitford so incredible yeah yeah and i watched this show like not long after right before the first time was before Stephen mm-hmm. Sondheim had died and then again after but yeah but also I will say there's a whole song called Sunday mm. and it is yep. based on Sunday in the Park with right right but yeah it is not it is not that but it is yeah. and they're talking about brunch and it is just such a great yeah amazing I mean it's staged amazing but the song yeah. itself is amazing the whole movie is like a theater kid fever dream almost oh, like it's movie. such theater kid energy and that's why yeah. I like I love West Side Story and I love everything about it, but that's why Tick Tick Boom like pulls at my like theater kid loving heartstrings. Um, some a little fun fact is that the answering machine, the voicemail in the movie, is actually Stephen Sondheim doing yeah. the voicemail, um, and it gets me a little emotional. Like I love Stephen Sondheim and I love I think he's such a generous like everything I've heard about him, he's such a generous, kind human being that like having that little nugget at the end that's actually him is like oh it just like makes me want to cry yeah and, and you wonder also like this I we when we think about people we want to be in idols we often find them not accessible yeah and Stephen seems like I saw a tweet where it was like why did Stephen not continue writing song or uh, writing a musical and it was like because he was responding to everyone's letters yeah have time yeah. Um, and I just, but, but right. Like this idea of having someone who's done something so great, be still so accessible mm-hmm. when they see, when they see greatness. And I, yeah. I wonder what it would have been like for Jonathan Larson to also be that and do that to other people. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, yep. if- I mean, if he was alive today, he would be 62 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's still so young. So, of course, there's something like tragically beautiful kind of along the lines of West Side Story that, you know, Jonathan didn't get to see the most, you know, incredible piece of writing that he ever probably that he probably ever did was which was Rent. Yeah. And I wonder, too, like how much we can make that comparison to Sunday in the Park with George. Right. mm -hmm. This tortured artist mentality. Yeah. Of, well, I want to do this. What if? nothing happens but it's still going to do it because it's the life that I breathe and needing to like find that and Jonathan I'm sure would have wished as we all do to see the fruition of our work yeah there's also this acknowledgement of I'm not doing it right like if he was just doing it for himself and for fame and success tick tick boom and rent would not have happened right um, right well there's an incredible moment and I, I'll end with this if yeah. Yeah, is there's an incredible moment in the movie. It's probably it's probably my favorite part of the movie is he gets done with this workshop, he gets finished with it, and he's talking with his agent and she goes, you know, it's not yeah, I don't I don't think, you know, they're gonna invest in this one. And he goes, What do I do next? And she goes, You write the next one. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what writing is. You just, you know, good or if it's successful or not, you go and do the next one. Um you know, any, any kind of art job or performing art or anything, you, you know, you don't get the job, you do get the job, you just go and do the next one. And I don't know, there's something like, so 
gut-wrenching about that that is like uh but also so relatable of like it's something you love but then it's also like it's it's so so much hard work and you gotta you gotta you know do it it's just ugh. I love it I love it so much. So that concludes our discussion on the 2021 movie musicals. Um, I do want to quickly mention some of our honorable mentions. Uh, Actually, I want you to do the first one here. Can you, uh, this is Rachel's honorable mention. My honorable mention is Schmigadoon. Is Schmigadoon. Yeah. Which you can find on Apple TV. Um, You need to watch it. Yeah. And then you need to let me know. And I'm sad that there's not a TV musical category because also Apple TV has Central what is it? Central, Park. Central Park. Yeah, with Josh Gad. So good. So good. Which is also yeah. great. Um, yeah. but Schmigadoon, just Brigadoon. It once again, when we talk about theater nerd fever dream, that's it. Yes, exactly. That show that's should not exist, but it does. Uh also shout out Ariana DeBose. Um, my two, I actually have two uh, uh, quick honorable mentions. One is, listen, if you grew up in any, you know, Christian religious culture, go watch A Week Away on Netflix. Oh, yeah. uh, it is uh, a movie musical with really interesting that it's set in 2021, but it has like 90s Christian music. It like doesn't really make sense unless you grew up in the 90s and knew these songs, but it's it's actually like, really fun and hilarious and it's I had such a good every time again I grew up in that world and we grew up in that world so like we understand it and I think it's just it's it's so fun it is it's super fun and then my other one is probably you know if 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 this could was a musical a movie musical it would be on my list it was like my number one of anything last year it's it's Bo Burnham's Inside if you have not watched this on Netflix it's like a huge movie about or you know stand-up special really about you know existential crisis a little bit about you know um, turning 30 again it's about uh, you know his life during COVID and and lockdown. It's about what's it like even to make comedy or art in this world that we live in right now. It's it's so many things. It's also incredibly introspective, but also incredibly funny in my opinion. I've listened to the songs like a billion times, and uh, yeah, it's it's so incredibly creative and inventive. And it's like, how did you, you know? I like read three books while in quarantine, and you made this incredible stand-up special. What am I doing with my my life so uh yeah go check that out yeah thanks for sharing today and good yeah. to know that we have some good content for when we turn 30 and have another existential crisis you amazing amazing <laughs> yeah. all right rachel let's talk about our character of the week yes this is the time where taylor and i pick a theater character that we are feeling like for that week so what are our vibes what's our situation Yes, we would also love to hear your characters. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are feeling this week. And you may also get a shout out on an episode. You guys also can go to our character of the week on our website as well. Theaternerdpod.com slash character of the week. And you can submit a form where we can see what character of the week you guys are feeling that week. And we may shout it out on an episode as well. 
that for sure. Yeah. So Rachel, I'll go with my character of the week yeah, first. Absolutely. Let's do that. So uh this week I, you know, we when we started pre-recording, you know, before recording, it's been a long week. We've been working, we've been doing, you know, doing a lot of things. There's been a lot of changes at my work transition. So, you know, my person is gonna be from this musical that I actually have never seen fun fact but I do know a couple of the songs and I know the show pretty well even though I haven't seen it uh, it's how to succeed in business without really trying uh, peep the uh, Harry Potter and I'm gonna uh, my character of the week is Jay Pierpont Finch from how to succeed in business without really trying because he starts out as a window washer applies to the you know worldwide wicket company and you know goes up the ranks to work in this you know office job office company and everything and I that's kind of what I'm feeling now I, I got a higher position at my job I'm doing the things I'm doing the adult things I'm feeling like Daniel Radcliffe and how to succeed in business without really trying so love that. that is I my love character that. I also feel that's super appropriate because this week we found out that Daniel Radcliffe is going to be in a merrily we roll along yes uh, version of the show absolutely yeah in the men I'm not gonna get that right New York Broadway New- world I think right no, no, no. Oh, New-, oh, oh. New York work theater New York workshop. theater workshop yeah Thank you. I was going to say the Manhattan Club, but I knew that was wrong. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I love that, Tay. I'm glad we're both, like, in that mindset of, like, working and things. Yeah. Because my character of the week, I'm feeling just a little bit, like, a little success-driven after riding the high of my tap dance showcase. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I wish I could have been there. Past weekend. (laughs) I know, I know. Everyone hold for applause. Um, release the video on patreon at some point (laughs) (laughs) it was so fun and also like i have a long way to go i've just done only eight weeks of uh intro to tap so moving on up but i do now know the broadway or what's known as the shirley temple so check so anyway i'm riding that high and all i could think about was mary elizabeth step or lola step from the Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. <laughs> played by none other than Lindsay Lohan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it so much. And I feel like that's a movie musical. So we could talk about that that way. Um, but she is just, she's a girl trying to make it. She wants to live in New York City. And the poor girl moved with her mom and her si- brother. I can't remember if it's a sister or not, brother. And moved into it's been a while. this crazy place in New Jersey. And now she's got to go to school there. Don't worry, she's beat out Megan Fox for the main character in the musical. Um, and then she gets to know this really cute girl, Ella, pretty well, or a lot. I think it's Ella, yeah. Um, and they love the same like uh rock uh singer. Anyway, wow, I have I not feel... seen this movie in a very long oh, time. <laughs> That's your plan after this. Streaming on Disney Plus, question. So good. It's so good and it's so fun. And I am her. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Oh, I love Great. that. Lindsay Lohan making a comeback this year, you know, with her Christmas movies on Disney Plus yeah. or on Netflix. That's on what Netflix. I, not Disney Plus, on Netflix. Yeah, she's not allowed on Disney. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Uh, if you guys want to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week.